Hey, Spotlight friends. Welcome to another episode of Ave Spotlight with your host, Chanel Shaw. Today, I am visiting with my friend Meg Hunter-Kilmer, and she is going to share with us about some awesome saints. We're so happy to have you, Meg. Thank you for being here. Chanel, I am always excited to chat with you, especially because we're coming up on All Saints Day, right? Which is like basically my Super Bowl. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine how, what a blessing and a gift that you'll be able to share stories with us, especially for this mega day. So what does All Saints Day mean to you? So it's your Super Bowl. It's the best day of the year. It is. And it's funny because All Saints Day isn't actually about canonized saints at all, but Mm. that's just kind of like how we roll in the American church, right? The idea behind All Saints Day is like, there's a lot of people who are in heaven who are not on the calendar, who haven't been recognized. And so let's celebrate the people who are unnamed in heaven. Uh, But the way that we kind of approach it as an American church is we're like, okay, yes, but we can't know who those people are. So we can't celebrate them by name and we can't celebrate their stories, but Mm. we can celebrate sort of the breadth of holiness that we can see witness to in the canon of saints. And then we can sort of extrapolate from that, right? And say, well, if we've got these saints who were moms and these saints who were dads and these saints who were martyrs and these saints who dealt with mental illness and these saints who had really broken families and these saints who loved Pokemon, you know, like if we've got all of these things, (laughs) then that gives us a sense that there's gotta be saints in heaven who Mm. X, Y, and Z, right? And so I kind of like for all saints say to stick with like the servants of God and the venerables, because those are people where we're like, we got a really good idea there in heaven. We don't know for sure we got a good idea there in heaven and Mm -hmm. they don't have their own feast day yet. And so Mm. it kind of feels like sort of this nice little sweet spot where you're like, okay, technically they're not saints, but also like, aren't they? Yeah. Like technically Julia Greeley, we don't know if she's in heaven, but we, I mean, but she definitely has to be, but that's awesome. Yeah. I was like, that's awesome. And And that's like, I mean, that's really my jam, right? Like I, I love the lesser known saints. And so I'll have, people, you know, I'll give talks on saints and then someone will raise their hand and be like, can you tell me the story of, and they'll name somebody super mainstream. And I'm like, I mean, sure. Yeah. Kind of like Mm. somebody asked about St. Peregrine the other day. And I was like, I mean, I know him, (laughs) but like, I don't know him, know Mm. him, but like, do you want to hear about, and they're like, no, I don't. I specifically did not ask for that person. I love that. Oh my gosh. So do you do anything special on all saints day? You know, because I'm a missionary and live out of my car, it really kind of depends on what's going on where I am. I love to dress up for All Saints Day and, you know, like find the most random thing. Really what I do, Chanel, is I just go to a thrift store and I like Mm -hmm. walk around until I see something that I'm like, that reminds me of a saint. And then (laughs) I wear that and then I'm that saint. So it has nothing to do with any saint that I have an actual devotion to. It's just like this dress kind of looks like Servant of God, Catherine Doherty. So sure. we're going to be Servant of God, Catherine Doherty this year, you know? Sure. One of my favorite things that I get to do every once in a while is I'll get people to have an All Saints Day party and we'll do like a saint parade. Oh, and I love that. And the kids that. will come up to the front one at a time and they'll say their name and then I'll tell their story. And then they'll say their name again and everyone will say pray for us. And so it's this like 
dress up, parade, litany, storytelling. It's like all Dang, of the fun that's day. like that's a next level party idea. That's so fun. You know, and it's not the kind of thing that you can really do unless you've got somebody there who's an obnoxious know-it-all about the That's same. what I'm saying. And perfect because Meg. Knows- I know. <laughs> My greatest gift. That is awesome. So do you have, I mean, you write about saints all the time on your Instagram and you write for different publications and you even have a book. And you have another book coming out in October. I do. Um, yeah, it'll I'm be so out excited. when it airs. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited about it. And so obviously, you know so much about Saints and we have all followed you on your social media as you're showing us your deep dives into different translations and trying to find you know different facts about different people. So can you share with us a saint that you have most recently kind of been learning about and just share a story with us? Yeah. So I, I mean, again, I love the ones who are super random, who are super unknown. I've been mm. learning this summer about Guido Schaefer, servant of God, Guido Schaefer, which like, I don't know. I just, I feel like if you are an American millennial, the fact yeah, that it's like, is, is he Guido from New Jersey? Is delightful. <laughs> exactly. No, but he is a surfer, Chanel. Oh, he, oh my gosh. Wait, I saw this. Oh my gosh. I'm yes. excited. Keep going. Yes. Okay. Yes. So he's a Gen X Brazilian oh, yes. doctor and surfer. And it's great because we like have pictures of him surfing. And there was like an article in Surfing Today or something about this wow. dude because he was like legit. Like he grew up in Copacabana. And like went out surfing all the time as a kid. His dad was a doctor. And so he ended up going to medical school and he really wanted to serve the poor and the marginalized, particularly he was working with people with HIV Mm. in the nineties. So that's like a big deal. And the courage that that would have taken back when there was still, still so much fear surrounding the HIV AIDS epidemic. And he would go out and work with the homeless who were living on the street, but he's just this like super fun and charismatic guy So he would bring his friends with him to go out and serve the homeless. And he would bring his doctor friends too, right? This isn't just like he's bringing his buddies. It's like he is a totally junior doctor and he goes in to the clinic where he's working and he goes to somebody who's been a doctor for like 30 years. And it's like, you should come out on the streets with me and you should meet these people who are experiencing homelessness. And he would bring them with them. And he works with the missionaries of charity who really like helped him sort of distill his call to serve the poor and the marginalized and also his call to the priesthood. And so he has, he discerns his vocation to priesthood, but he's doing this amazing work. And it was really cool because the seminary was like, okay, you know what? Let's be flexible here because yes, we want you to be a priest, but also we don't want to take you away from the really important work that you're doing right now. And so he Mm. was living as sort of like an extern seminarian. So he's like taking these classes, still working professionally as a doctor, going out and doing all of this pro bono stuff in whatever spare time he has. And then also surfing, right? Because the surfing was like a really central part of his experience of God, Mm. which I just think is so cool that like a lot of times we sort of play up these saints hobbies because you're like, look, they had a hobby and you have a hobby and you can be a saint. And like, I'm all about that. Sure. Yeah. But for Guido, this wasn't just a hobby. This was like really at the heart of his experience of who God was. Right. So he would say, that riding a tube, which apparently is a surfing thing. I don't know. I think I, I think I would die real quick. I mean, I'm very not athletic. So that could be true. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, That riding a tube felt like being embraced by God. Wow. And that surfing for him, it was a heavenly experience that he could feel God when he was out surfing, 
that he could talk to God. And I think that's a really, a really beautiful element of this man's life that it's not just like, it's okay that you have hobbies, right? Mm. It's not just, it's okay that you like to listen to pop music or it's okay that you like hiking. It's really a way that God can speak to your heart, right? Like your passions and your hobbies and the things that you feel like, oh, I don't know, like maybe it's selfish of me to spend time on this. Like, I don't know, maybe it is, but maybe it's the way that God is making himself known to you. Mm-hmm. And so hearing about these, especially these more recent saints who were able to encounter God in surfing, who are able to encounter God. There's a Italian venerable who really encountered God through pop music. And she would talk about how like the lyrics of non-Christian pop songs in the 90s were something that really spoke to her of the love of God. Wow. Right? Isn't that beautiful? Just this yeah. concept that like your love of the things of this world is not an accident and it can be purified and it can be something that really makes you a saint, right? Wow. And so he continues, he's in the seminary, I think for like six years doing these classes without like being fully enrolled. He finally, after, yeah, after six years, he enters, he's 34 years old, right? He spent a decade working as a doctor because I think their process of formation for doctors is faster And he's finally like a year out from being ordained a deacon, maybe even closer. The sources are a little bit tricky to figure out. And a buddy of his is having a bachelor party and they're going surfing for their bachelor party. And Guido was like, awesome. Yes. Like let's go surfing for a bachelor party. And they pray together before they go out surfing and Guido's out surfing and he like, he just hits a wave wrong and his board comes out from under him and hits him in the neck. And no, uh, knocked goodness. him unconscious and he drowned by the time his friends got to him. Wow. I know when you have these like young, amazing saints, there's always a tragic ending. I and I'm like, like, I kind of hate know. to get to this part, you know, the part where oh, you're like, no. and then he got cancer and died two days later. Uh, like, then he got killed. Um, while you're like, I'm really sorry. That's not the fun part. But like, <laughs> I don't know, just like the, this, this holistic man who was like, super involved in young adult groups and like founded these different prayer circles and Bible studies, like feeding people's souls as well as serving their bodies. He went to World Youth Day. That's just wild to me. Like he was at World Youth Day in Toronto in 2002, in Cologne in 2005. Like there are people listening to this who like might've walked by him at World Youth Day because he was just like, like a regular Gen X seminarian who just loved Jesus. Wow. Yeah. So that's wow. Guido Schaefer, servant of God, Guido Schaefer. Oh my gosh. And I saw those pictures on your Instagram this morning of him surfing and then him with his friends. And I was like, wow, who's that young guy? I was like, wow, he looks, that's such, I was like, how did they get a picture of someone from like 1902? Right. Surfing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because you kind of re- yeah, like, I mean, at least for me, sometimes I forget that saints can exist in the same timeline as other people, right. That Mm -hmm. have existed in the same. So that's so crazy. Wow. Oh my goodness. I give a talk on millennial saints. Mm -hmm. And I mean, only blessed Carlo Acutis has been beatified. Everybody else is a venerable or a servant of God. But Mm -hmm. speaking about these people who are younger than you and I, you know, and there are like, like cell phone videos of them hanging out with their friends. And it just, I don't know. It opens up to you this reality that like, everything that you're doing could be a part of your story as a saint. Mm. You know, the way that you tweet could be like, people are going to share screenshots of tweets 
from saints in the future, you know, which is like super convicting. Cause you're like, Ooh, like Ooh. I gotta be on my game and I gotta <laughs> love Jesus like all the time. And that's sure. just when it's convenient. Yeah. But also, I don't know. It just, it gives me a thrill to consider that these everyday experiences of my life are something that could really redound to the glory of God, could really give people permission to love Jesus in a new and radical way. Mm. Oh my goodness. That is awesome. And I mean, I always tell this to people whenever, you know, they talk about you and in great ways. And I say that I know you, I'm always like, wow, Meg was the first person that ever told me so many, I mean, she shifted my entire way of thinking about saints, which I think is just such a cool thing to reflect on on All Saints Day. You were the first one that even told me that gave me the idea that saints can exist in groups. And I remember when you told me that, just thinking to myself, like, that's insane. Cause you said like, there are five saints in your friend group. And then you know, down the street in that same time period, there's other ones. And then the same time that this saint was alive back then, this other saint was actually alive and was friends with that other saint. Mm -hmm. And it's just like crazy to think that all of them were alive (laughs) and like friendly with each other at the same time. And they come in clumps. Like the way- Yeah, and they come in, that's so cool. Running after holiness encourages other people. And it's always, it's so exciting to look through and to study the saints. And sometimes it's like a super marginal connection where it's like, oh, like he altar served for him one time. And you're like, that's cool. Like good for you. And sometimes it's like no legit. The only reason they were saints is because of their friendship. Like it would not have happened except that they spurred each other on to holiness. They called each other deeper into love of Jesus. And you see it with married couples and you see it with siblings and you see it with college roommates. Like Straight up, Francis Xavier is a saint because he had a randomly assigned college roommate who loved Jesus, right? He gets Ignatius Loyola as his college roommate. And he's like, this guy is weird and he's old and he doesn't wear any shoes. And he's like all the time giving away his money. And like he and his other roommate, St. Henry Faber or St. Peter Faber would make fun of Ignatius Loyola because he was like a 45-year-old college sophomore. And they were like, what are you doing? Why are you like this? But Ignatius Loyola just loved Jesus so radically that Francis Xavier went on to baptize 300,000 people. You know, like this is the way that our relationships can make saints. Like not, Mm. I mean, sometimes in just very ordinary, unnoticeable ways. And sometimes like straight up, you are the kind of college roommate that transforms the people you live with to the point that they evangelize the Far East. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing but a wow. That is, I mean, I feel the same wow right now as I did back then when you initially shared that with me. And when I was in college, you know, and just thinking about, I mean, my roommates, all of us were you know, insane as a cluster, but it's just like to, you were a little bit, but you're all killing it, girl. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I was like, we're, we, we've all very much rounded out like a very responsible mother. And then like two single ladies trying their best. So I think like, <laughs> you know, I just think that's so cool. And I actually want to ask you, what is your favorite? I know you probably have so many and choosing a favorite out of friends is like never any fun. But what is your favorite like saint couple or friendship or kind of like group that you know of? Because those stories just always, always are awesome to me. Yeah. Oh man, girl, there's a lot. So obviously Ignatius Loyola and Francis Xavier, I think are amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basil the Great and Gregory Nazianzen were college roommates in 
the fourth century and like wow. both of them, their whole families are canonized. Like Basil had a couple of siblings who weren't, but it's like both his parents, his grandmother, five of his siblings and Gregory, both his parents and both of his siblings, all canonized saints, but they share a feast day with each other, not oh with their gosh. siblings, not with their parents, not with Basil's grandmother. And on their feast day, which is like, it's not just like they both happen to be on the same day. You know, every once in a while you'll get saints who like, they both died the same day. And so it's the mm-hmm. feast of this guy and the feast of this guy. No, it's sure. Basil and Gregory together. Like you don't wow. celebrate one without the other. It's not a thing. And the reading in the office of readings is about their friendship. Oh, wow. Like specifically about what it looked like when they were roommates in college and what it looked like when they were competing for holiness and what it looked like. I mean, they talk about being, I think it's that they say two souls and one, or one soul and two bodies, right? That that's how intimate their friendship was. But we also, we know some of the messiness of it. Like at mm. one point, Basil was more powerful, like in the church, they were both bishops. Actually, Gregory might not have been a bishop at this moment. Basil was a bishop and he had like a lot of power and he wanted Gregory to be a bishop and Gregory did not want to be a bishop. And Basil (laughs) was like, right, but like, I need this. And Gregory was like, I don't want that authority and I don't want that responsibility. And Mm. Basil just like had him appointed. Okay. And Gregory was ticked. Like he was ticked about it, you know? And so like seeing even the messiness in those relationships and recognizing that it's okay if you have those moments where like you're running after holiness and you're doing it badly, you know, but your friend like, is like, all right, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Or, or like maybe you're really doing the best that you can and you guys just disagree on something. Right. And like that they can still be friends or like St. Oscar Romero and Venerable Rutilio Grande, who are like opposite ends of the spectrum politically and liturgically in the wake of Vatican II, like believe completely different things in a time of extraordinary turmoil in the church and in El Salvador, but they were still friends. And like Oscar, when he became Archbishop of San Salvador, he asked Rutilio to run the liturgy for him, even though they had like completely different ideas of liturgy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Rutilio's out there like, serving the poor and getting down into the mess and getting in trouble. And Oscar's out there like, okay, man, this is not, this is not my issue. This is not my jam. Like I'm going to sit here and I'm going to do theology in my ivory tower. And Rutilio got killed for his work with the poor. Wow. And that's what changed Oscar Romero is that he looked on the body of his assassinated friend. And he said, if he gave his life for this, I have to be willing to do the same. Whoa. And that's what radicalized him and what united almost all of the priests of that diocese. That's the reason that Oscar Romero starts working with the poor, starts fighting against government corruption, starts helping people to get out to vote. That's the reason that he gave the homily where he declared that soldiers had to disobey unjust orders. And he preached that from the pulpit. And it's the reason that he was shot the next day while celebrating mass is because he had this friend who he was able to love even when they were so different, even when they had such different personalities and such different perspectives, but they both really loved Jesus. And that friendship transformed Oscar Romero, right? And here are these two guys, both of them dealing with mental illness. Oscar Romero had OCD. Rutilio Grande was multiple times hospitalized um, in mental institutions, at least once with catatonic schizophrenia. Wow. You know, they're like, they're like broken, messed up men. Rutilio Grande comes from a broken family. His dad left when he was a kid. His mom disappeared, maybe started a new family. Like, I mean, just like messed up stuff. But these were men who, who were able to love each other 
because of the way that they both loved Jesus. And it transformed them both and it made saints of them both. Wow. That is amazing, Meg. You are a wealth of knowledge. (laughs) I love hearing those stories. That is so cool. It's awesome to have you as always. You are such a gift as a friend and as a person that shares saint stories. It's awesome. Um, Well, thank you, friend. I'm always excited to gush about my saint friends. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, I was like, and that is so cool. Um, So Meg, tell us a little bit more about where we can find out more about you, what you're up to, and more resources on the saints. Yeah. So the easiest thing to do is to Google Hobo for Christ and you'll find my website and then you'll see all of my social media along the side. You can go to saintsaroundtheworld.com and you can get my children's book that has a hundred stories of saints from nearly 70 different countries. Or you can search for Meg Country Kilmer, Pray for Us, which is you know, hopefully an, uh, an omen of things to come, right? That someday <laughs> I'll be in a litany. But you can find my book, Pray For Us, 75 Saints Who Sinned, Suffered, and Struggled on Their Way to Holiness, which is out from Ave Maria Press, October 22nd. So I'm excited about that one. There's a lot of like the nitty gritty and the messy and just like, I don't know, the exciting little things about saints, like the instruments they played and the TV shows that they like to watch and oh, all of that stuff. Just I cannot wait. The reality. I cannot yeah. wait for that one. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll, there's a saint that likes the office. Maybe that will be in my Don't saint story. Don't know the word there yet, but, <laughs> maybe but that'll soon, be in Chanel, my story. Soon. Yes, it's you. It's all you. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Well, we will make sure to put that in our show notes so people can check that out. But thank you so much, Meg, for being with us today. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. And thank you to Meg for being our guest. Make sure to check out her book, Pray For Us, 75 Saints Who Sinned, Suffered, and Struggled on Their Way to Holiness. It's an awesome book, and Meg has done awesome diligence, you know, just cataloging the lives of so many saints that, you know, I know a lot of them I haven't even heard of. And what a more opportune time to read about the lives of saints than All Saints Day. So make sure to check that out. It's really awesome. We are so grateful for you guys. And when you're checking out your book, make sure to use the code SPOTLIGHT for 20% off your purchase. So we are so happy to have you guys here. I'm so excited to talk to y'all next week. In the meantime, please pray for me. I'll be praying for you. God bless. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.